All right, all right, guys. Welcome out to this episode of Behind the Shades with Jason Adams, the guy right here with the shades on. Um, hopefully this filming, for those of you watching, you can see um, that I have sunglasses on. Today we have Weston Adams, which has been invited back to the show. Don't call me Shirley. Yeah. Um, <laughs> regardless of some of his... Um, that's from terrible. Airport. I know what it's the, from. I'm dating myself. And then the meat and cheese hooker, We're aka Danica Strom. What's up? From Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. That's right. Um, Shout out. Not actually Gearing. So Bulldogs, go Bulldogs. I actually know a guy from Gearing. He's actually a good friend, Dean Gorsuch. He's a good guy. He, wh- what happened? He's he's a no, like he's a good person, and he's from Gearing. So what? What what gives? I'm a great person. I agree with her. Well, See? G- good. We're gonna start our band, Pandemic. Good. Your guys' band. So so these guys are they've no. talked their band's gonna suck so bad. <gasps> I mean He's just mad because he's not in it. That's not true. No talent. You can't be in pandemic. I'm not gonna be I, first of all, I wouldn't be in your band. Okay? Second of no, all you wouldn't. Your band, guys, just think about it. You've got, I'm not, I'm not going to insult you because that's not the, the, your band's going to just not be very good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to insult you, but your band sucks. Yeah, you don't even play an instrument, so. Exactly. There's that. So you can't be in. You can rap on the cowbell for a while. You can, you can, you know, hum through like a kazoo. Like if we're looking for some hot kazoo action, (laughs) I'm going to ring you. I got to tell you though, he treated me to a rendition of. John Deere Green out in the warehouse uh, the other day. Yes, I did. That was be- I just pretended I'd never heard the song, so he would continue singing. It was in honor of one Joe of we, the best days of my life. Joe honor. Diffie died of the, the coronavirus. Right. I know. Rest rest in peace. But John Deere Green, when we were kids, we used to sing that song and make up like funny lyrics to it. Well, who didn't? John Deere yeah. Green. Anyway, let's not go let's Jay. Not go Anyways, Jay. no, I see. They're not. The world's not ready for that. So, as we're getting ready here, we're going to talk about goals. You guys didn't have any good topics, uh, uh, so I figured there's some people on here that would like to to to, to get our take on goals. Um, my take's pretty simple. It starts and ends with I don't set goals. So everything I talk about today is going to be more of an aspir is going to be more from an aspirational uh, point of view. Um, but as I'm sitting here, I'm looking at my computer. And there is an ad, you know, we're talking about business. There's an ad right here for Tiger King. Now, here's my thing. Tiger King is uber popular. Um, It's the most, it's like over a billion minutes or something of Tiger King have been watched. I saw a headline for that. Come on, America. And they're still pumping money into digital ads. Now, don't get me wrong. I I think that the lookalike campaigns and all the stuff that you can do on Facebook have the potential to be really successful. But there's a point. I mean, unless you just have a budget that you absolutely have to or want to spend because you don't like money, what's the point to still be pushing that? Well, you know, those ads, you'd think they've reached terminal velocity, but they haven't. There's still a, a large subset of people out there that haven't seen this show. And obviously the producers of the Tiger King think it's still got legs. And so... You know, one thing I do know is that these online ad agencies, they know what they're doing. And so there is definitely a method to that. And they know what they're doing. They know what their hits are. They know what they're, they know what it costs for them to get someone to watch the show. And so you know, I don't think that's an accident. But they're still not miracle workers. So I, I don't suggest that you guys spend any ad money trying to promote your new band because it ain't, it ain't going to matter. Thanks. Nobody's we won't need Thanks, to. Thanks, Jay. Now listen, and here's the thing. I'm not down. trying. And to, by the way, I disagree with you. I'm set, not trying to kill your setting, confidence. Setting goals, setting goals is extremely important to building self confidence and self worth. You know, with my kids, one of the one of the things that I have them do is I have them uh, set small achievable goals, and when they achieve those goals, they write it down so they can look back into the past and say, "Hey, there was a time where I did I set this goal and then I achieved it." And I can tell you, for me personally. Um, my self-confidence is much different than it was when I was 15 years old. And proper goal setting and writing those goals down is part of the reason that I've been able to accumulate self-confidence later in life, so for what it's worth. Now, that, that, that's good. And I, I think that 
my my problem with goals is this. Um, my memory's not very good, so I'd forget them as soon as I created them or came up with them. But my biggest problem is I can't stop with the little goals. I'm too impatient for that. So I'll, I'm the guy that sets those big magnanimous goals that be hags like very yeah, audacious goals exactly that are that are just unreachable but here's the thing i usually still reach them um but there, it's not really formalized like i can't look at that on a chart and say okay this is where i'm at it's just like okay i want to shoot for the stars and and go a million miles an hour danika you know because you've worked with me weston we've grown up together you don't know this about me but i got one speed and even me too. It, it's even slowed down a lot since you've been here because I'm trying to be because the there's good and bad things with having one speed. The good thing is you go hard and you push the tempo and you get things done. The bad news is is that when you're pissed or when things aren't going your way, it's you can't really turn it off. And so you can really get out into the weeds and do so, do a lot of damage with that mindset. And you can remember on Ace Ventura Pet Detective when Ace is carrying the, the dog in the box. And he's just like at a hot trot right there, walking down the middle of the street. That's Jay's one speed. I've seen, and I've actually seen him <laughs> do that exact walk, just like Ace Ventura. So just, just listen, I'm it. trying to get somewhere. I mean, there's and this, and, and Jay, this when, life's only it, so long. When it comes to goal setting, maybe maybe for you, a bigger goal is achievable all the time. But for people that are young, that are out there and they're new to goal setting, or they're trying to implement that in their lives. A good rule of thumb is to set a a goal you know you can achieve, and then Baby if, if you can do that, then set a bigger one. And right. I'm with you. You know, sometimes we we set these goals that are just totally unreachable, and the days that you reach those goals, those are some of the best days of my life. I remember, um, I, I love to snowboard, right? So I, I snowboarded for years, and then my buddy Ray called me one day. And he says, "Let's go to Whistler and let's go on a helicopter and let's go and you know." fresh you know glacier powder and let's go do it and i said well i don't know if i can do that and he said well and so i set a goal to do it and we we did it and it's top five days of my life it was amazing i was so glad that i did it and i was a little bit scared to do it but i set a goal to do it and i did it and it was great so just you know for what it's worth you two are what do you guys do it i was i was <laughs> directing my warehouse workers <laughs> i was gonna ask people if there was anything they wanted us to cover while we were kind of in the moment but who is your daddy and what does he do so um i like it i like what you're saying i think it makes a lot of sense there's a lot to be said for productivity uh, that changes as an entrepreneur and maybe you've seen this that has changed for me i remember coming into the beck's office and having a list and i still do a list the night before every day and having 25 things on this list, okay? And I would check them off one by one as I got them done, which is like the very, uh, I would say the very uh, meaning of, of a checklist, the checklist manifesto. It's like boom, 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 boom. But if I didn't get something done, it like ruined my whole night, right? And, and so it was very highly dependent on that. I've seen that change and I've adapted from, there's, because I'm a manager, and we have a team, it's, it's different. It's very different. So, so management is not just being so tuned into what you're doing, but you've got to, you've got to know what's going around you and how to, how to work that process. It's, it's so much different now. So when I get home, there's times where I feel really unproductive, but I think from a team standpoint or from a managerial or a leadership standpoint, we've really gained a lot of ground. And so it's been a hard transition for me. That's been one of the harder things for me is going from the e-myth, which is being down in the business, doing a lot of the stuff yourself, very tactical to more of a. I think what you're talking about is, you know, there's a couple sayings. One is uh, victory loves preparation, which is one of my favorites. And there's another one that says an, an ounce of preparation is worth a pound of cure or an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And most of the time when we're, creating a, a plan, whether that's to, you know, go grocery shopping or if there's something we're trying to accomplish in business or something that we're personally trying to accomplish. That you, when you finally realize that when you finally reach the goal, you've done so much work and everything else has been, you know, leading up to that, that sometimes that's not the feeling that you were looking for. And, you know, you said something a little while ago about how you would set an unrealistic goal and you get home at night and you'd be upset with yourself. I mean, to, to me, that, that's why, you know, people have to, to deal with this in their own personal way because 
I'm not the type of person that's going to set a goal, not reach, and then go beat myself up about it. I might try harder the next time or do something different or not do it exactly the same way. But to let that affect me for more than five seconds, you know, I don't think that's a good use of yeah. time. Yeah, no, I agree. Your time you'll never get back. Danica, what's your take on goals? Do you, do you have a, a certain, I mean, I know it's your goal to wear that apron every day. You've, you've, you've accomplished that. Congrats. Thank you. I don't don't know. My goal is to make it through the day without getting a Jason talk, and I've already failed that today, so I don't know. (laughs) But but as, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I've been working on my approach. How did I do? Like like in, in the past, some of my talks are a little bit rash and a little bit, they come on strong. Yes, I and felt, you let me tell you why, and it was very nice. I felt like it was nice. It was. Yeah, so so I wouldn't consider one of those like the talk, you know? It was just more of like checking a pulse, like getting your take on things. I'm trying to do a better job listening. It was great. Because usually I'm quick to jump to the conclusion like, boom, this is why you did that. What the heck? And, and, and you know what? That's a really bad thing because I don't know if you guys you ever get like this, like, you're trying to call your wife or you're trying to call somebody and they don't pick up and you immediately jump to conclusions like, are they screening my call? You know, I, they yeah, hate I, me. I, I don't think like that. I don't I think either. that is a very I dangerous don't either. way to go. Yeah. It's this, like when, I, that's you know, all you, 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 that's you, all you, boss. You, you learned this when you were a kid. When you assume, you make a you-know-what out of you and me. And going through life making petty assumptions based on how other people feel about you oh, okay. is, is very much and, broadcasting your own personal. And let's go uh, back to the, the self, this self-doubt. morning. So, you know me well enough. I've worked for you for, feels like eight years, but six months. (laughs) So, you know me well enough just to think, like, I I do what you ask me to do. I don't don't not do what you tell me to do. Like, I can't think of one time where I didn't do what you asked me to do. And and that was a, a weird situation because of, you know, our skeleton crew running things here and trying to keep things above water. And, and it was nice that you just asked instead of I think trust is the word. Yeah, good. You're looking so for. you tr- so you trust me enough, you know me enough that you know I'm not going to well, waste your time or and, and I'm working on my own demons too, you know? I yeah. think we, we all You've are. been so, burned. So, I get I know it. Weston I, perpetually tries to get better and improve on things. So and look, you can't do anything about it. Yeah, let me let me share how I explain this fact to explain this to my uh, young man that works for me yesterday. Um each interpersonal relationship that I have with someone in my life, um, whether that's my kids or my spouse or friends or, in this case, my employees, I, I treat it like a bank account, an emotional bank account. And I can t- make withdrawals sometimes, but to make withdrawals, I got to con- also make deposits. And um, Jay will tell you when, when you, t- you talked about getting a Jason talk, when Jason gets a Weston talk, a serious one, it, he doesn't like it very much. <laughs> and um, because of my relationship with him and because of, the trust that we have with one another, he knows that I don't come at it from a bad place. He knows that I come at it from a place of love. And that's in, with my employees. I come at it a place of actually truly caring about them. And especially my direct reports. Anyways, I agree with that. And, and 95% of the time I accept it in the spirit of which is getting. I know he, I know that, and it's the same for me. Like we're a team. Teamwork makes the dream work. You know, let's talk about Bill Belichick for a minute. Um, Bill Belichick, gets a really bad rap because he's a coach. And I think this is what War Weston's going is you have to treat everybody the same. Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. I think him and I, th- I think him and Bill had an interesting relationship because Tom, as human nature, wanted to be treated like the greatest of all time and receive the preferential treatment that comes with that. Now this talk isn't about football, but it is about management. Bill Belichick has a locker room of 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 fifty something more guys. If you think of all the players, and in so the NFL, I, I understand both sides of that. But listen, to this if you if you if you think of all the players in the NFL over the last ten years, <clears throat> excuse me, that have played like multiple positions, most of them have been on the Patriots: Troy Brown, Julian Edelman, um, Rohan Davey, uh, Danny Etling, uh, even Tebow. All those guys, um, 
believed in what Belichick was doing and was willing to get out of their comfort zone and do something that wasn't in their job description so that they could make the team better. And and that's that he was showed true leadership by coaching it and coaxing that out of those guys. Right. And one thing I appreciate about Belichick is he puts those guys in their best opportunity to be successful. Right. He doesn't make a square peg try to fit into a round hole. He says, all right, well, you're a diamond. Let's find a diamond spot for you. I think he's very good at that, and I think that's why he's been so successful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and and Tom Brady deserves a lot of credit, and 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 I think that with this whole situation, a lot of people are pointing at Bill Belichick, saying, "What are you doing? You're, you're stupid. Why don't you just give him the world like he wants?" But Bill Belichick's like, "Listen, I got a job to do. I can't just change with the wind because somebody wants." There's a lot to be respected by that, and and really and truly, it's like we were talking about the other day these governors and stuff, that's an undesirable position to be in, you know, because the business side of football in this instance still is, is still really, really relates here in the sense of Tom Brady is getting older. Uh, It's a young man's league. Uh, There's business decisions and they're, they're difficult decisions, but they have to be made. And, and, and just like with what's going on with COVID-19, we're going to be able to look back and some of those decisions were going to be really good. And some of them are going to be, you know, really mocked and, 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 and criticized. But really and truly, who has all the answers? Remember one thing. In both cases, the two guys you're talking about. In Belichick's case, he was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, and he failed. And then he took the things that he learned when he failed, and he brought them with him to New, New England. And over time, he's, he, he didn't start out with Tom Brady. He started out with uh, Drew Bledsoe. Or Drew, yeah, Drew Bledsoe. And... um. And and then and then he, he got better. And then with Brady, he failed at the combine. He was what a seventh round pick. Um, and if you look at his combine pictures, he's tiny. Um, he he had things that set him back, and he set small goals, and he got better. And if you look at Tom Brady today, the way he takes care of his body is a forty two year old man, and the and the things that he puts in his body. I mean he he's got a routine. He's perfected it over twenty years, and he's the, he's the man. He's, he's, he's a constant professional he's the yeah. of all time. No, there's you're right. I agree with that. He's is he. He's working on things outside of just the locker room to do it, just like you, just like you out there. Just I'm doing your it. Tom Brady, yeah. doing it. So, um, goals. I do look pretty goals. special today. I, I want to say, look at I, this. I do want to say something about goals. Are those can, are those ankle socks? Yes, I haven't Man. been doing laundry because I'm so lazy and I couldn't find any. Shoes are camouflage. So it looks like you just got cut off at the ankles right there. And I can't even tell you seriously. So I'm a mess. I, you 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 brought up achievable goals, and I was talking about this. I was talking about this to somebody the other day, and this is a an example of people that I don't think maybe they got it all figured out. It's 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 Tim Ferriss four hour work week ish. Maybe maybe that's what I'm missing. Um, and I understand the the principle of working smart and not hard, but you see these guys, um. They sleep until about 9.30, 10 o'clock, 10.30. Now, I've never been a real early riser naturally. I try and get up early, but every day it's not something my body ever gets used to. And I don't know I don't know if I came out the womb that way or what. But these guys, but I've always been a firm believer that it's what you do when you get up. So, so if you sleep until 10, then, but you work harder until 8 p.m. than the rest of the world, then whatever. Different 10, strokes whatever, yeah. for different folks. But... I do, I do see these guys that are in great shape physically. They sleep until 10, 30, 11, do what Weston, they maybe get a protein shake or cook an omelet or whatever. They go to the gym, they work out there for two and a half, three hours. And, and that's their day. Like that was the one goal they had. They did it. And then now it's like, okay, we can coast because we did our thing. I don't know if I envy those people, but I look at that and I'm like, wow, you know, how nice would that be to have just one or two objectives that you need to hit? But you have to ask yourself, is it going to catch up with them later on and crash and burn? And this is, and it's not just them. That, that's an example, but things like, no, that, I, I think like it's a really very good example actually, lax. because that's a very narrow focus. If you look at some of these Instagram influencers and some of these people that it's their job to keep their body in, in great shape. And that is their only job. And by the way, this is something that's new. This is something that didn't exist 15 years ago. When they get to be older in life, if they haven't balanced out their life with other skills and taught themselves and educated themselves and done those other things, they're going to have a, a pretty tough time. I, I kind of joke around, but I'm a little bit serious about it. I always say that 
you know, when you're a short, fat guy, like, like I kind of am, uh, you know, you, you, there's certain obstacles that you have to f- face from a young age and you can go through and you do it. If you're a tall, blonde haired blue eyed woman, that's, you know, really uh, physically attractive when you get later in life, uh, you know, so at some point that's going to go away. And so, or, or some portion of it's going to go away or it's going to fade, however you want to call it. So you better make those other skills. They're going to take the place of, of getting by on, on some of this other stuff, charisma or whatever you want to call it for, for later in life. That's, that's all I was going to say. Yeah, it's good. Danica, what do you, I know you, I can see the wheels turning. No, no. You thinking about Cornhusker football? No, no. Let's talk about, geez, about uh, how it's I'll just talk about Tom Brady's got you thinking about Tom Osborne. No. No, I'm thinking about all kinds of things. I think it's, I think it's fun to know your family and, meet you and and so i've been away from the civilian world a long time so it's it's nice to see i'm a i'm a boots on the ground girl you know that that's why i'm in the warehouse because i just do whatever i'm told i'd say slides on the ground but yeah i get you yeah i see you like dancing around out there and stuff sometimes we see you girl doing (laughs) your thing well you gotta do what you gotta do right but i'm i'm working so so let me ask you this yeah if you were in one of your past jobs, when they introduced you um, into the public realm, was it like, next up, Danica? No, it's usually Denica. Denica Storm. That's, that's, what I'm, that's what I am. I call it my superhero name. Everywhere I go, Denica, Denica Storm. So that's, that's what I am. Yeah, mine's Rocket Powers. In case anybody, I mean, okay. Oh, we can just have a superhero band. Yay! Mine's your mom. Oh, your mom. Your mom is amazing. No, what I was going to say is, even in my job right before this uh, with civilians, they told me I was intense and scary um, my, and it's just because I'm kind of matter of fact, it's not, it's not, it's the best way to be. Well, it's the best way to be. Because and I'm very friendly too, nope. but I don't think people know that until they get to know me. My nickname was the Terminator here for the first four months that I, that I worked. People were afraid of me. I wasn't afraid of you. Well, you weren't because you own the company. Yeah. Well, I know, but even a, a lot of bosses are still insecure or afraid of other people. The difference is is to be a boss, there's a responsibility that comes with that, and it's not always easy or fun, but it has to be done. Like, the buck has to it's, stop it's not, it's not just bosses. It's leaders in all facets of life. I mean, it's the same way in the military. It's the same way in a family. At some point, when it's all said and done, we've gathered all the information. Sometimes decisions just have to be made, and the person that makes those decisions are going to be rewarded from those or hung or, or you know, held accountable by those. Or, or criticized, or criticized yeah. hated, and whatever. Well, and, and so, but but, but the, the single act of making decisions is difficult, and not everyone's cut out for it. Well, and see, that's, that's what I didn't know about the civilian world. I didn't realize. I just thought, oh, when we're told something in any kind of military place, it's you figure out a way to get it done, and you get it done. Here, he realized very quickly that I do that. Uh, you know, our opt- our optical thing is fix it. Okay, yep, got it. And you figure out how to do it. And as I approached that job, people didn't like me very much because I cleaned out the freezer needed done. I but, cleaned out the freezer. And, and, the, and the thing I, I just I feel do bad what needs for you. Done. I have empathy for you because you don't like being in that position where people don't like you. Right. But but listen, listen. And, and I saying. think I used to be that way. Listen to what she's saying, Jay. What she's saying is the times that when since she's been working here where she's gone above and beyond to do something that wasn't inside the four corners of her scope of work it's made other people intimidated because they see her working hard they see her being in a position of authority and they're like oh i better step up my game and danica i think that's a wonderful thing i think that's a good thing. well thanks i accept it. it it really it hurt my feelings for a while i didn't when i was talking to some of my coworkers that are that are still here um I, I didn't I didn't realize I, I didn't realize that that was the light that I, I just am how I am and I didn't realize that that was that that was off-putting or that um, and I don't know that it was intimidation I just think that I kind of fell into a place it, where it's, it's, I was I was you your, have a job to I do. was your right hand man for a little bit so, so you have a job to do and and like Weston said and I think it's a great thing when you're doing that job correctly good or bad, um, 
correctly, so good. Yeah, <laughs> but but the bad side of that is also correctly. People are going to see that, and they're either going to like you or they're going to hate you based off what you say, and you can't please everybody. And, and, and there, there's, a, there's a book called The, uh, uh, the CEO, what is it? I don't know. The You've Five Temptations of a CEO, and it's a great book. And it basically says that as leaders, the natural tendency is you want to create harm, this harmonic um, a culture in your organization. Sure. But that doesn't exist. Sure, it does. Think about anybody's life. Is it, is it always sunshine yeah, and rainbows? When, when, you, when well, you challenge each other discord. in a workplace, and, and, you, and, you, and this is actually a fact, proven fact, when you have a disagreement in the, work, in the workforce and you can have open conversation about that, it leads to a better product. I mean, you, there, there's, if you, I mean, if you watched the, the NFL draft this last weekend, you've got head coaches and GMs, and they're fighting that kneeling entire weekend. Kneeling all over. The, the, yeah. They're fighting that entire weekend about, you know, with one another, or not fighting, having debates on who they should draft based on the information they have at hand. And the idea would be that through, cutting through that, making those decisions, they make the best decisions they can. I think it's the same way in the workplace. You know, something as simple as shipping, you might look at it a different way than Jason does. You guys have a healthy discourse about it, and you find the best solution. I think that, that type of healthy debate is good for everyone. I was talking with some of my, my buddies yesterday about the same exact thing. I'm, a good friend of mine uh, is in the is in the bankruptcy space, and he's a fairly you know liberal guy. And so we were talking about you know the border and some things down there, and we had a super healthy discourse. And he shared with me some of his opinions and his feelings, and I listened to him, and then I shared with him some of mine. And we had a great chat, and at the end, we we, we agreed on ninety eight percent of the stuff. There was a couple little things that we didn't, but you know we got done. We were still friends. You know nobody's feelings. You don't got hate hurt. him. We don't, I don't. We don't hate each <laughs> other. That's too bad because really and truly, if he's if he's on the other side of that partisan line, you shouldn't be friends with him. <laughs> Agree. Te- Get rid of him. I'm I'm the best. The best thing we can do in this life is to listen to other people's opinions and other and, and, and take that. I agree. And understand that either a that solidifies your existing worldview, or hey, b maybe there was some piece of that that I hadn't thought of before, and I want to add that into my you know personal. Do you mean no, like power to the states we, until we, it happens, and you realize that you've got you're stuck with a, a, long, a governor that you don't like so much? A long and you time ago. Wish it were federal. Real quick, I thought you were going to say uh, one things we should be doing in this life is listening to John Denver. Uh, that for some reason that popped into my mind, but but. I said a long time ago, and I still stand by this today, and, and I try and I truly try and live this, is that we should be expert novices as humans. And what that means is we should know what we know, we should trust what we know, what we've learned, and take in all of our historical, all of our experience, all of that stuff to help make our, our future decisions. But at the same time, we should always, we should approach it as a novice because I don't, you don't know who else you could learn from. It might be, there, there's a term it might be for somebody this, walking out. It, it, it might be a panhandler on the street corner that could teach you learn something. With, learn something with a child's mind. Right. And as adults, we have such a hard time doing that because we think we know everything. We, we become so arrogant as we get older and we're like, oh, I, I, I don't need to learn anything else. I already know that. One of the best things I've done for myself my entire life is re-challenged over and over and over again to re-educate myself and learn new things like um again i, 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 I thought he was going to say his membership at massage envy was the best thing you i had. shut it down because we can't go right now I, I would love to have a massage right now that's one of the things i've been missing the most but the other stuff's probably important too. but 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 I, what i was going to tell you is i spent the last couple of years as you know jay um building data centers uh throughout the southern united states and and part of that was uh in designing and building energy systems and part of that was Oh, I built a substation. I mean, a lot of stuff that I, I had a little bit of experience with, but I didn't have a lot. And so as a to, to go, you know, get my feet, you know, dirty again at 39 and, and go and build some of these things, it was a great experience. I was so glad I did it. And I learned so much. And I, I educated myself and I learned so much that I didn't know before. And I think that's the ch- charge on us as human beings is how much how much how much knowledge can we can we gain in this life it's it's and 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 then and then go use that for good i mean i think that's what we should everyone should be doing that yeah and and it's knowledge is there's no cap on it and it's the only thing we take with us we've talked about that but knowledge is power you've said it before you don't like being in a room and not know what's going on you've made that comment to me well the only way around that in my opinion or at least in my experience is I used to get mad about it. 
I used to, and I think there's been times where you did too, but I used to get kind of frustrated, but there's no, there's really no use. I mean, how can somebody expect me to know everything about quantum physics right now with ever, with having a pre-algebra? Um, that, that's what I stopped. Eighth grade, baby. Eighth yeah, grade. <laughs> that's, that's what I stopped at, but I could still get through life with that. Um, but my, my point is, is, is what you can do about it is after you leave that room quietly, immediately go learn about what you just learned so that the next time you, you do kind of know, but it can't, it doesn't just happen. It does, you know, thought without action is, is worthless, right? Wes, we, we, we've talked about that. And so, um, but knowledge is power, man. I and love right knowledge. Now, in the, in love the world it. we live in, there's no excuses. You can get on YouTube and find a video about any topic that you want to find out about. I mean, what an amazing world we live in where we have access to this type of information. Well, and, and it changes the way we approach accountability, too, for the same reason that you just said, because there is no reason why something or, you know, shouldn't be done. Like, it, it, it ultimately, we're to the point now with all of the resources we have available that if it didn't get done or it doesn't happen, it's laziness, sadly. And, and that changes a lot of things. It exposes a lot of people, especially from a management perspective, because if somebody comes to you and says, well, I don't know how to do it. That's a freaking lie, you know, and, and it's hard to, to, to know that that's a lie, but, but act any other way, but, oh, okay, well, why don't you do this or that? No, no. If you want, if you truly care about your work and you have, you know, have take pride in it, you'll figure it out. And that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's what's beauty about, beautiful about the resources he's talking about. Well, Everything I know how to do, I learned on YouTube or, I mean, today I'll be setting up the, the plasma with the torch height controller and this and that. You think I came out of the, you know, you think I was born at Sunrise Hospital knowing about plasma torch height controllers? Absolutely not. But I will freaking get into the interweb and the internet of things and I will freaking just claw my way until I figure it out. Um, Danica, the other day. But there's day, no other way. The other day I was talking with a friend of mine <clears throat> and we were talking about an experience that I had had, and he made a comment to me that I thought was was amazing. He said, you know, some people <clears throat> are very good at one thing, and he said, and then there's some people that are just very good, and it's important to figure out which one you are. And so I think um, for, for me in my life, uh, in, in my company, I have a, a bunch of employees that whether I was in construction or in the gas station business or, um, you know, you know, uh, in the boat building business it wouldn't matter these guys would be and girls would be amazing at what they do because they're just very good and so it sounds like when it comes to managing tasks and being a taskmaster, you get those things you align them you make a plan and you go attack them and yeah and that's where my frustration has come in the past well and and my job has changed drastically in the last six months. i mean i was hired initially to to analyze a few things i was the fraud waste abuse girl in in the military every time i was doing that so i i was initially kind of there and then it switched over to sales and and now with the economic climate but what i appreciate because not everybody's jobs have changed some have gone away some have stayed the same mine is mine changes it changes all the time and what i like about that is i feel like there is a level of trust um with my employer, which is really important that, that he knows, okay, if I need to downsize, I can, I know that Danica can get in there and figure something, you know, she can get in there and get it done. And, and, and then the other thing is because I am kind of regimented and I, I want to do what I'm, my, I've had to reteach myself that my job may not look like it did yesterday and be okay with that because it was very, I mean, we had a couple of rows when, when I first got, Hired because I, I wanted I well, wanted and, and, I wanted the parameters I wanted to see I wanted to know give me a date to have that done F are we doing this are we moving forward is this happening and, you know, and it's it interesting was, yeah, one of the and you're welcome you don't know things necessary <laughs> yes I've learned how to be more flexible and I think that you've learned with a me, lot you've learned a lot working with me has taught you to let go and trust a little bit that that things are going to be okay and 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 I got you and and that's that's a good thing. You know, one of the one of the Jay and I have talked about this a lot of times in the past, um, but one of the best things you can do for um, people that you want to have do a task for you is give them what we call an SOP or a standard operating procedure. Mm -hmm. And you delineate that down. You give them the exact list of tasks. There's no question. But without fail, there's always going to be things that are, is left out of that SOP. 
And, and a really eye-opening exercise I did for myself a couple of years ago is I took all my direct reports and I asked them to write down in their own words what, I, what they thought their job responsibilities were. And then I read them all and I compared to that to how I perceived their job responsibilities. And there was a ton of overlap. That's a good but, exercise. But there was, there, was, there was a lot of things that didn't line up totally. And so it was a, a learning experience for me as you know, a leader to say, okay, here's some marks that I'm, I'm hitting and here's some marks that I'm missing and these are the areas I need to improve on. And I, I thought it was a great exercise. And so you know, anyone listening that wants to know, you know what, what their lot in life is, Go have that conversation with your employer or have it with some of your employees. And, and, and make sure you guys are aligned. So and nice. SOPs work, people. They work so well. SOPs have the ability to take uh, uh, ordinary people and do extraordinary things. And they also have the ability to take outstanding, talented group of people and get them all rowing the boat in the same direction. And there's, no, there's never any wondering where things are or how things are done. That, that's what's so great about it. So it's right there. When you get, you know, my kids got a go-kart the other day. I bought them a go-kart. Had to put it together. Now, I could have figured it out how to put it together without the instruction manual, but I might have put one of the bolts in the wrong place or I might have done something different. But the first thing you go for is that instruction manual, that, that, that quick start guide, right? And that's an SOP. And what it does is, is it, it lets me do it, assemble that go-kart within an hour or two hours when it otherwise would take a week. So if you've got a new onboarding, you know, uh, employee or whatever, you hand them that book and, and they're working by tomorrow. The first day, my, 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 it's always been my, my, I would say, my personal um, approach to the first day on the job, they just read the book of SOPs. I don't quiz them on it. Just take it all in, read it. Um, you know, I might ask you some questions, this and that, but for the most part, refer back to that. A lot of people call their buyer. There, there's a company out there right now doing really well called Trainual. And um, that's what they do. Now, we don't use them because we have our own SOPs, but that's what they do. They, they simplify that process for a lot of people, and it's just the, the ideation that works. And it does work. It yeah, absolutely works. We, we did a fire evacuation plan at Western States when we were at our old office on Nellis. And it ended up being like a 400-page book, and I couldn't believe that there was that much information that they could put together to just do fire evacuation. Um, and another example of that is, you know, I, I'm getting ready. So I own the lot next to the, to the home that I live in, and I'm getting ready to build a new home. One of the things I don't want to move, I, I don't want to move with a bunch of clutter, and one of the things I don't want to move with, which Jay has mentioned before, is my comic books. I have 50,000 comic books. I have 125 boxes of comic books. And so I've been He's having, that guy. I, I'm, I've been collecting them for 40 years, and they've held their value. And Good I'm for you, man. But, um, you know, I, I hired this young lady to, to sell, sell those books for me. And I put together an SOP, and Jay helped me with a little bit, and um, gave it to her. And the first week I was down here, you guys saw me t- probably 20 hours, you know, helping her, getting everything lined out. And then so next week I was down here five hours. And now I check, you know, the listings at night on eBay, and if, and if there's something wrong, I'll change it. But she's done a great job because from the get-go we gave her that instruction manual of how she was supposed to do this. It takes a little bit of effort and it takes a little bit of time, but when you train people correctly, they can, to Jay's point, they can accomplish amazing things. And, um, and that's a good point. And just for you, those of you out out there that might be manager, the employers or employees, uh, the employers will, will understand and appreciate this. The employees might be hearing this for the first time, but there's nothing worse than having the information and the tools at your disposal, being too lazy to use them, and then coming back and 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 saying that you didn't know this or you didn't know that or the other when you're not willing to use the information that's at hand. That that, that that's really frustrating. It's disingenuous, is what it is. And, and it's 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 uh it's 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 not going to be a good look around here for sure. And, and one more thing, there's always room for improvement on that too. If you if you look at something like uh, roping calves, for years and years and years, people rope calves and get off the left side of their horse and then duck under the rope and then flank the calf and then tie it. And then for the last, what, 40 years, um, they rope it, they step off the right side, they run down, they flank and tie the calf. Probably saves them 
a second or more on every single run. And so you took something that was an accepted way of doing something, and someone had the idea that, hey, maybe there's a, a more efficient or better method to do this. And you want to encourage people in your life to do that, whatever that is, whether that's employees or your kids or your spouse or whatever. If there is a more efficient, better way or a smarter way to do something, we, we, we need to make sure we're not so arrogant that we can't hear that when someone brings I actually appreciate that about Jason. He'll, and he then came, say you weren't trained. There's nothing worse than be like, throw it back in Facebook, I wasn't trained. Yes, you were. I'm sorry, Danica, I want to hear yeah. No, um, well, like I said, my, my job changes, and, and currently I'm doing something that I'm, I'm very comfortable doing because that's what I started doing in the military. But uh, Jason came out one morning. He said, I want this done, redo the warehouse, make it more organized, and, and I and – I, listened and I, I had a, and then I made a plan and I got it done and got loaded. You know, it's a new inventory system and it's working really well. And, and I, I just, I appreciate that he'll say, get it done. This is what I want. And then he walks away and he, and, and, and it's not a mean thing. It's a, it's a, if I have questions, he answers them like uh, to clarify, is this the way you want it? Is this the way you want And, and, and then that- I just go, Okay. Part of, that, part of that, Danica, is he understands you. He understands how you want to I think do we things. are very similar. Right. And, 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 and you have to have the emotional intelligence to understand the people in your life and how to motivate them and how to help them um, know what success looks like and help them be successful, whatever it is that they're trying to do. I, my, my two daughters, I treat them totally different. I have to because they're, they're, they couldn't be more different. I treat them exactly the same. I'd be doing them both a disservice. One, one thing I've learned, and you, and it goes with the way you're saying about your daughters, one thing I've learned over times, and this has been fighting every natural urge that I have, is there's times when I want to jump in and intervene, and I want to not necessarily handle it, but I want to help the person. But really and truly, it, it, you could you could call it tough love or whatever. And you've seen this even, I know my daughters would say would talk about this. I know Haley would talk about this. And even you and probably even Wes, you know, there's times where I'll just be like, no, figure it out. And, and, and I know that there's times you look at me like, oh, what a jerk. But then you do, you figure it out. And, 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 and every time, there are those and there's times. been times when you're like, hey, I just want this fixed right now. And then I'll come in if it gets really bad and we'll, we'll, we'll go through it together. And you'll say, hey, I have no idea you had to download a driver for that or this or that. And I said, I know, neither did I the first time I did. It took me three days on the computer, 14 hours a day. Right, but aren't we lucky that you did that so I didn't have to spend three days trying to figure out how to get my printer to work. Correct. There's a happy medium there. When When you have to learn muscle memory, no one else can do that for you. But that's not to say that you can't learn from someone else's mistakes or have someone that, you know, let's say, say for example, that, um, I wanted to try to solve a Rubik's cube and it takes me three days to figure it out. And I want you to be able to do it. There's nothing that says I can't help you along. So it takes you, you know, 30 minutes, but it's going to take you at least a day and a half, even with all your, no, I mean, it just, it's almost a patience thing. I've still never been able to do a Rubik's cube. No lie. Can't do it. Yeah, I can, I can solve them. I can't, I've never tried. They're pretty easy. But I think they're pretty. Um, <laughs> my point being is you can. I think they're can, easy. Being able to leverage other people's knowledge through help is, a, is an amazing thing. And the way that people are willing to do that for you is by building a relationship of trust with them. There is people that I will impart my knowledge and what I've earned because I've earned my knowledge, what I've earned in this life. There's things I'll impart to people for free. And there's people that I won't do that to because of the way they treat me. If you, if you, if 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 I'm working with you, whether that's at, at work or we're doing something out on the street or on the sports team together, and you treat me like a like I'm a scumbag, then don't expect me to impart any wisdom on you. But if if you build that relationship of trust with me, and then you um, see something that I that I know that maybe you don't, and you want a little help with that, then then I'm the scumbag if I don't help you. I mean, that's that's how trust works. I. Uh, interesting point on that. I one time, and I appreciated the the candor here, I guess, or the transparency, but I had somebody reach out and say, hey, man, I want to get in the sunglass business. Uh, I'd just like to piggyback off all the knowledge that you've learned over the years. And, and, and again, I appreciated the approach because I'd probably approach it the same way and just be honesty is the best policy. But at the same time, I was just like, 
uh, no. <laughs> you know? Yeah, let me help you be my competition. Well, well you, it's have not to, even a, you have to protect your personal brand, and you have to protect your the, the sunglass brand, and you have to protect your IP. When there's something that you, like, Jay, I, I watched you go through the supply line of building caps for years, and I don't think there's anyone, especially in your industry, that knows the cap game better than you do. Caps are the hardest thing to, to, to manufacture the hardest of, of all of the things to source in all the world caps are the hardest. And here's why. And so for those of you listening, there's a little knowledge for you and there's no trade secrets. There's no IP that we're giving up right here, but caps are difficult because the market share of the people that make caps is for your Disney's and your Ford's and your Dodges. They're giving them away at a clearance event for nothing and those companies don't want to spend $5 a cap. So they're spending a quarter a cap. So the company in China or Vietnam or Bangladesh or Cambodia or Sri Lanka or any of those suppliers that we have talked to, they are making maybe five to 10 cents a cap. So if you think about it that way, yeah, their stitching is not straight. It is, they are not using the best quality materials. That cap might disintegrate the third day into the sun. It's like that. That'd be a neat trick. <laughs> that's that state farm commercial where they're there. It's I a funny commercial this. where they all say, you know, they're like, it's the one about turning into your parents. And the person's like, it's a free cap. What am I supposed to not wear it? Yeah. You know, it's so true. That is 99% of the factories. That's where they make their money. So when somebody like myself or comes up and says the quality has to be pristine, the stitching has to be straight. And we have all of these pre-production checklists, which is the SOPs that Weston's talking about. That's why, most of the world, not us, uses FlexFit or Upung or however. We don't use them because we've done the work. We've pounded the payment. We've got our factories that work better for us. But FlexFit does a great job, and it and they handle that process. I know Richardson's been able to step it up and do a really good job. But they take that off their plate, and they say, hey, we'll handle this. Now, they do it at a premium, and you can't blame them, but they make a great cap because the rest of the world doesn't. Well, and that's, that's why it makes it a, so difficult. That's an example of, of something that you need to not share for free. You put your blood, sweat, and tears into building those supply chains, building those relationships, making the hats fit the way you want them to, to fit. And, Jay, I think you make some of the ma- most amazing caps. You know, I, I own 30 of them, and, I, you know, and I'm not one big on wearing hats, but when I wear one, I usually wear a Bex cap because I think they fit so amazing. And that's something you should protect fiercely. Well, and here's what I know, but, but, and you're right, and I appreciate that and the spirit which is given. But the one thing I also know, and you know this too, about your data centers, because you talked about data centers today as well. I also know how difficult and how much sacrifice goes in to jumping out there putting in the work and finding those factories that aren't readily available because they're out there, but they're not, you got to go get them. I mean, you got to want that and you got to eat it. And I know how hard that is. And so it's like when Nick Saban, I don't feel bad about what I've said today and I'm not even worried. Typically I would be, you know that, but like Nick Saban, when he goes up and he gives a press conference, he's very candid. He's very transparent in what they did and what their approach was. Cause he also knows that you got to have more than the playbook. He knows how hard it is to put that, plan into motion and and it's i i, I could tell you can you, have all the sops in the world and if people don't read them and people don't follow them and people don't do what they're supposed to do nothing's gonna happen and you, but you still gotta want it you, well, you you gotta want it and you got you gotta because if you don't want it and you don't have the passion you'll never get through when things break down when your supply chain breaks down or when a when a company's factory goes lights on fire what do you do what are you going to do? Because you've got purchase orders in and you've got a supply chain depends. And now all your eggs are in that basket. What do you do? I've been there. We've been there. I know what to do. And usually it's getting on a plane and going 25 hours. That's usually the first step in that process, but not everybody's willing to do that. They don't want to fly over the ocean. Somebody always tells me, Hey, I could never go to China because I could never be on a plane for 14 hours. I always laugh at that. And I say, listen, I got three kids all under the age of nine. Okay. I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a church, you know, I got church callings, I got four brothers, I got a mom that's a widow. I got plenty to do when I'm at home. When's the last time I had 14 hours to sit and watch movies by myself? Like, I, I, I look forward to that 14 hours on a plane. So it's, it's perception is reality. Half, uh, a cup, half, six one way, half a dozen the other, right? It's like, boom, you look at that differently. But what I know is, is to get that cap, the quality of what you're talking about, Wes, um, just in the sense of caps, you got to go get it. I mean, there's just the, the, the internet age is great and I think it helps the communication of a lot of things, but I got to touch it. I got to feel it. I got to look them in the eye and say, 
hey, we're going to invest heavy money into this relationship. Do you have what it takes to, to reciprocate on what our needs are? Because if not, we're going to go next door. Well, and what is what is so interesting and so great about knowing you guys and knowing you're, you're both captains in your respective industries. Um, you run your companies. You are from a different perspective than most of us. So I'm. you guys are talking about from your perspective of, as being the owner, the CEO, the president, the, 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 and, and I don't have any kind of desire to be that person. I want to be the person that helps you be that person. So I think that when you, when you realize where you are, what are your goals? What are your aspirations? Do I want to be a CEO? Then, then I do need to go out there and get that. Or do I want to find a really cool company and 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 get in there and help it get built because right. I can do that. That's what I am. And it takes I'm every it person. takes every facet of that. My my to old be successful. man had a, he had some great sayings, but one of my one of my favorites of his he says he says there's four types of people in this world. There's a guy that makes things happen. There's a person that helps that person make things happen. There's the person that wonders what the f happened. <laughs> yeah. And I forget the other. And you forget the other. Yeah, but the, the the you don't want to be the guy that wonders what happened. Well, and I'm not and I may not be the the idea person. I'm not the person who thinks, "Oh, I want to do like what you did with your whatever you did with the cooling and the and the the things that I don't know about that you guys talk about all the time." You saw a need and you being having that spirit, that entrepreneurial spirit that, that, that the Adamses all seem to have went out and figured out how to do that. And because you are the idea people, then people like me who are organized and hungry and want to help and do things, have a place to fit. And not not only a place to fit, a very integral part of it, because the one thing that I know, and you know it too, because you know what you bring to the table and you know it for sure, Wes, is you can't do it all. And I think for, I'm a great all, for entrepreneurs, I'm great. the first thing, I mean, the book E-Myth walks you through it, but the first thing, and I think it's one of the hardest lessons to learn and one of the biggest pain points on the early stages of a startup is you cannot do it all. You just absolutely can't be in the room every second. You can't be sitting over everybody's shoulders. So you have to learn to trust. And for me, we talked about SOPs. That was a great way to bridge that gap for me. So we've talked about some great stuff today. I really appreciate you guys' take. Danica, you're doing a great job. Love having you here. Thanks. Wes, you're, 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 you're pretty good, too. Um, if you keep eating well, right, my, my if, wife would if, if you keep eating you right uh-uh. and get plenty of rest and, 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 and say your prayers and read your scriptures, one day you will be me. I believe that in my heart of hearts. Oh, God help us. You know, my goal in this life at the end of the day, is to be the best, the very best version of myself I can be. And that has nothing to do with being anything like you. And while I appreciate <laughs> you uh, letting me know how I can be like you, I, I want you He's to He's going to run the other direction. No, I want, you to, I want you to be the best version of yourself. And same with you, Dean. I appreciate that. And I want that for every, every person in the world. If we could all be the best versions of ourselves, what an amazing planet this would be absolutely hey so real quick we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here pretty quick the one thing i wanted to say i wanted to give a huge shout out to people on both sides of the aisle democrats republicans alike i don't for the 19 billion in federal aid that they gave to the farmers and ranchers okay i do i think that is super cool because what a lot of people are missing in this whole thing and i think it became really evident during um people hoarding through the grocery this and that is guys, we got to have beef and we got to have vegetables. And, and and if not, what are we doing? We eating processed food all the time. And, and I think that gets overlooked a lot. So I was, I was really, I, I want to applaud Congress and, and all the people that came to the table and joined up or at least aligned on the idea that, Hey, we got to take care of these people. They're good, hardworking people. They provide a lot of jobs. They provide a lot of industry and they put food on our tables. And so I, I really thought that was, now, whether that's enough, I don't know. That's that's not really my, uh, I don't, that's not my under my purview, uh, so to speak. But I do love how they came early and said, boom, we got to, we got to help. These did you see the potato farmer came on Sunday? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So we, here in our, in our valley in Logandale, um, there was a, a, um, a man that went and there was a bunch of potatoes up and I don't even know where they came Idaho, from. I believe. And they, they had no market for them. And so they 
brought them down here and they, they gave away 800 sacks of potatoes over the weekend. And uh, so the people that were involved in that, you know, they're, they're, they're great people. And they did something that was selfless, that was bigger than themselves. And I think any time we do that, that should be applauded. Um, when, it, when it comes to this farming thing, I just want to make a comment. It's interesting that as we go through this coronavirus, we're finding out that the most important people are not the actors and actresses in Hollywood. It's not the <gasps> attorneys. It's the people that are boots on the ground providing supply chains for us to be able to have, you know, some of the necessities in life, food, shelter, you know, clothing. Those are the people right now that, that are, are, are the most important and yeah. they should be applauded. That you know, I, I so see often get overlooked. I, I, I see a bunch of, of these, um, there's a bunch of these people getting on TikTok and stuff right now, which no one should get on TikTok. It's a Chinese company. Uh, and, um, and the Chinese Communist Party is the reason we're, where we're at with this coronavirus right now. But I see a bunch of these nurses getting on, and some of them are kind of showing, you know, what their hospitals look like. And some of them are, are complaining and stuff as well. But, you know, shout out to all the people, all the doctors, nurses, all the, you know, people that are out there on the front lines, first responders, taking care of all this stuff. We couldn't, we couldn't be here without you. Absolutely. So thank you very much. And you're risking your lives, and, and, you're, and, it's, it, and you're doing it with your actions. You and guys. I will so. quote a movie just like Weston always does, and it's one of my favorites, Ever After. Those people that work those jobs are the legs we stand on, and that position demands respect. So I hope next time you guys are out at your local grocery store or Dollar General or, I don't know, just eating a carrot, and you wonder, hey, how'd that get to my house? Figure out how to be kind. And, and I like what Weston said about being the best versions of ourselves. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being kind. It's never a bad idea. And if there's, there's, if there's, there's, no, ex if the, there's, there's no excuse no, there's not to no, be kind. There's no reason. If, you, if there's someone that you're mean to because you think that they're less of a person than you or that their lot in life is less than you, there's never an excuse for that, for that type of behavior. There's, there's not. And, and if you do slip up and you, they catch you at the wrong time, uh, you're never wrong to do the right thing. Remember when Aaron told us that, Wes? Yep. You're never Aaron Baker's CEO of uh, Canon Safe's great guy. He told Wes and I, if you make a mistake, everybody makes a mistake. But you're never wrong to do the right thing. Fix it. Do what you can to fix it. Now, the reciprocating party, if they don't accept that or forgive you, that, that's their prerogative. And, again, hey, give them time. But um, so I, I love that. Those are great points on that, guys. I, I want to get to the T-Bone topic real quick, the T-Bone topic. I never know what either. I never know what those buttons are. I still don't know. So I just randomly hit one. That, that seems to work, though. Okay, so this week's T-Bone topic comes from Levi Anderson. Um, Levi, thanks a million, man. We're going to shoot you over some T-Bone that, steaks. That's a cowboy name right there. Levi I know. Anderson. I like it. I like it. Um, how can nuclear power help the USA reach net zero emissions, and how is it affordable? Now, this is going to be something where I – I don't know. Let, let me mean, let me let me let me take a crack. At this zero thing. emissions. I drive a truck. I did a little research. Oil. Oh, I mean, you did. Oh, I did. So, you, so I, I didn't. I didn't know this. I'm an oil field lover. I used to work in the oil field, and so even though I know it's better for the environment, I don't buy into the whole uh, climate change thing. But I'm an oil man, dude. Uh, well, I mean, well, the, the 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 power for nuclear energy comes from uranium, and the United States has a number of very large uranium deposits. And a lot of those have been mined, and a lot of those continue to be mined. It is a source of extremely clean energy. It has been kind of given a, you know, a hiss and a byword uh, name over the last 50 years. But um, I, I can tell you from experience that when you burn you know, uh, uranium or the, the rods, when you use that to, to, to power a turbine or whatever it is you're powering with it, it is cleaner than, than using coal and some of this other stuff. And so, you know, the, the 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 best thing that could happen for nuclear energy is the people that are in the nuclear energy sector. If the, if if there's a desire in that sector to bring that back, they need to to get on the offensive and do you know do some do some work advertising and explaining to people so that people know exactly what nuclear energy is because you know most people don't understand it. Most people uh, think of it as you know as part of the Cold War and all this other stuff, and so there's a lot of misinformation. That, that people have about nuclear energy. 
this is a great opportunity for me to go learn about it because I don't know about it. I'll be the first to tell you, and I'm not going to act like I do because I don't. Now, now, does it have anything to do with oil or was I completely off right there? Uh, you off. Were a little bit off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it has nothing to do with oil. So I, I, I totally misunderstood it anyways, and I'm man enough to say that there's a lot I need to learn about nuclear power. So thanks, Levi, bringing this to our attention. Obviously, Weston knows something about it because he was trapped in a closet for nine years with nothing but books. And a flashlight. If you were to if you were to go down into um, uranium mines, and I actually, believe it or not, Jay, uh, me and Dad used to own some uranium mines down in uh, Moab, Utah, and so we had some mines down there. But if you go down into those mines, it's pretty scary. And um, I believe you know, that there's there's reasons that some of that stuff is tough to get to in the in the ground. And so when you find yellow cake uranium, it's it's extremely bright yellow, and they use that to make the rods that they power the stuff with. Um, I, you know, it, it is pretty clean energy when compared to coal and some of this other stuff. It is widely misunderstood. And so if anyone wants to know about it, do a little research. I guess we're, you know, and this is maybe a great advertising job by Tesla because they have the license plate that says zero emissions. But that's maybe where I got it because I drive a Ford. And again, I, you know, I'm not really a Ford guy over a Chevy guy, even though I love a Ford F-150. And you've said before, Weston, that's your go-to vehicle. I've had Ford F-150s for but, years. But we talked about Tesla before, and I, I, I'm not going to lie. I think Teslas look cool, and I love the idea of Teslas. But the one thing where my hiccup is with with the electric is, for me, it's not. I don't think it's going to be convenient for another 10, 20, 15 years. And you've said before that the horse and buggies in 1915 were 90% of them were horse and buggies, and then by 1918 there was whatever. But – 1910, 85%. But we're in the C station business. And and I've seen a lot of people. That had changed, and and most of the things on the road were cars. And I think that that maybe it is going that way. But I'll hang on as long as I can. I love an oil. I love the smell of oil. I love it on my hands. I just, I'm a, that's what I am. And, and, And it's really convenient. We're in the C station business, and we've seen people, C store business, and we've seen people numerous times with electric vehicles be 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 they're just stalled out and um they're kind of they're waiting on this and they're waiting on technology's that technology's getting better it will continue to get better you know um tesla right now is is i think the most valuable automobile company in the united states um from a uh, from a float point of view um and i i think their technology will get better i think the teslas that are on the on the road now the 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 Model X's, I think, are, are designed for more of, you know, the... As Longer as range run. and stuff. Well, they're, more, they're, they're for everyone, right? The original Teslas were, were pretty spendy, and, and now they're starting to, to get those prices knocked down. And as that technology gets better, I think you're going to find that when we look up here 10 years from now, there's going to be a ton of electric vehicles on the, on the road compared to what there is today as that technology. I, and I think you're right, because the new technologies, they drive down the cost of older technologies, uh, this SD card is a per- great example. These things used to be super spendy now, but because all the cloud services and this and that that are out there, you can pick those up for nothing. And I, and, and, and that's a great, there, there's something in the tech industry called Moore's law. And basically the, the idea behind it is that, um, when it comes to super, uh, silicone chips that the technology doubles every uh, year, 18 months like that. Um, and, I, I think if you take that and you extrapolate it across to something like an electric vehicle, I think every year you're going to find the technology skip the can kicked a little bit further down the road until we wake up one day and we say, okay, this is, this is what we've been waiting for. This is the car we've been waiting for. Yeah. Or truck. I'm a truck guy. You are too. Yeah. I pre-ordered one of the Rivians. I'm pretty I saw excited that. to, uh, to I saw that. Do you think this is going to hold them up production or anything, or they got enough funding? I, I think they have enough money. They got Bezos is involved in that. Ford's involved in that. They took the lead on it, right? So there's some good stuff. Anyways, Danica, thank you. Danica. Danica, Danica Storm. Danica Storm. Yes. I, did, did you have a certain color? Anyways, it doesn't matter. Everybody, we want to thank what? you guys for, for listening or watching. We're getting back to filming these things. So if you like to watching, if that's your thing, uh, we, we appreciate that. My name is Jason Adams. This is Behind the Shades podcast where we try and fill up an hour of your week with useful information, whether it be about business or current events or what it might be. Um, 
uh, I am the president of a company called Beck Sunglasses. That's B-E-X Sunglasses. If you would like to learn more about what we do, visit BeckSunglasses.com. That's the shades I'm wearing. Um, this isn't, I, I'm not really salesy. I know I say that every week and it gets redundant, but, uh, but I'm not. But if for whatever reason you're in the market. Let, 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 me, let me talk. If you want a, a great pair of sunglasses that were uh, designed here in the Western United States, with attention to detail superseding everything else. When, when Jay started Bex, I told him to get out of the lab and just focus on sales. And he told me, and I remember this, and I was wrong here, and Jay was right. He said, Wesson, if this product is good, people will buy it. I got a, I got a text message. I got a text message this morning. And again, this isn't, this is from a really good friend of mine. Um, he's actually been a mentor for me. Wesson, we've, we've gone and meet with him. But Jeremy Andrus, he told me, uh, he said, I love the new styles. Um, one thing I've always admired about Bex and you as an entrepreneur is that from the beginning, you were committed to building a great product. It clearly keeps getting better. And I told Jeremy, I said, man, he's the CEO of Traeger Grills. Uh, he was the CEO of Skull Candy. This guy knows a lot about quality product. And I don't know if you've ever seen a Traeger, but they're, they're great. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was really cool. I, I told Jeremy, Hey, I really appreciate that. That means a lot. This is coming from somebody that knows. And, and so, um, not to toot my own horn, that's certainly not what I'm doing, but I was so grateful to see because you're, you're down in it so much all the time you're working, you're, you're chopping that wood. Very seldom do you ever step back and sharpen your ax. And so it's, it's, it's good to know that we are, we are gaining ground, that our product is continually getting better. Wes, I appreciate what you say, but you're my brother. I mean, and, and I know you'd be honest, but you, you wouldn't. And so, so, um, Anyways, long story short, if you're, it's springtime's coming. I know that some budgets are tight and things like that. So if you want to buy a sunglass or looking for a pair, new pair of sunnies, you can, you can go to BeckSunglasses.com. You can use the code WEB15 from right here at the podcast, and it's going to save you 15% per, off your entire order. Um, if you do, great. If not, no big deal. Continue to listen. Hopefully you're getting some good stuff from this podcast. If you wear another brand, we don't hate you. We still love you. Um, give us some feedback on this. If there's something that you want to learn about that we can go, uh, whether we know about it or we can research it, Wes, um, let us know. Let me, let me leave this with you. Abraham Lincoln famously, famously said, give me six hours to chop down a tree. I'll spend the first four hours sharpening the ax. You spend a ton of time sharpening the ax. And, it, and you can tell when you look at these sunglasses, they're made with love. Yeah. All right, cool, guys. Danica, Danica, anything, any lasting thoughts you want to leave with everybody? Nope, just stay involved. Take care of each other. Look now, around in your community where you can lift. Stay safe. Now, where, where can the listeners uh, acquire one of those aprons? Bite me. Dot <laughs> <Wow>. com. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Yeah, guys, thanks a million. Have a great week. And.